Don't look back because the market is closed. Good uh, Wednesday afternoon, everyone. Kip Harris here with the Daily VR Investing Podcast. Hope you had a good day today. I want to uh, thank my son, Tyler, and uh, business partner for uh, uh, covering for me for these podcasts for about three weeks plus now. I've been working on another project, including that project with some dental work, and I had some today, by the way. So uh, forgive me if you hear a little, uh, a bit of a lisp or, I don't know, part of my mouth not working from the uh, anesthesia, but uh, I am back. And uh, again, good to be back. Uh, Tyler, uh, thank you again, buddy. You just knocked out these podcasts uh, one after another with great coverage uh, of this uh, new bull market, which is what we're in. And again, saw it again today, folks. Here we go. Uh, this repeating pattern, we, we've been talking about this here. Tyler's been talking about it. This is one of the themes of a new bull market that we've talked about for many, many years now, almost four decades for me, is how they work. Pattern recognition, seeing what keeps happening in market after market. The commonality here, the common thread, is what has happened here again today. Happened yesterday, but matter of fact, it's been happening with regularity, which is, Lower market opens, right? That's the amateur hour, right? The pros uh, do their investing and planning mostly in the smart money hour and the close, although they do their selling at the open. Maybe that's a good podcast for another time. Uh, but we don't, just the point is, we don't buy big opens and we don't sell lower opens, okay? That's professionals do the opposite. We buy, professionals buy lower opens. And that's what we've had. The pattern, lower opens, here comes the buying pressure throughout the day, and then the smart money hour is where you see the burst of buying pressure really come in. Happening in today, folks, we were down today as much as, I think I saw, you know, I'm, I'm getting to that, yesterday and today confused. I think I saw minus 300 day at some point. Uh, I know yesterday was almost minus 400 at some point. Uh, and even though we finished down to yesterday, 156 on the Dow, the internals were positive across the board. Uh, it happened again today. Again, uh, uh, markets uh, lower, finished higher across the board, every major index. Uh, again, textbook bull market action. Also going to talk a little bit today about the action in the semiconductors. Here we go again. Leading uh, uh, the way higher. We, we shared a chart with our, uh, our clients this morning. Um, and also, I put it out on social media, a relative strength chart of the S&P 500, uh, excuse me, of the semiconductors to the S&P 500 from the October capitulation lows, which was October 13th. You got to see this chart. The semis have led the S&P 500 from the exact lows in October to now. And folks, again, this is the ultimate market tell. When the semis lead going up, you're in a bull market. When the semis leading the way down, you may not be in a bear market, but you probably don't want to own stocks. It's just the way it works, and it has for at least two decades that I've been talking about this. And it happened again yesterday big time and even a bit today. Let's get to it, though. Dow Jones today rallied, finishing up 38 points after being down pretty much all day today. Uh, just a, a small one-tenth of a percent gain. S&P 100 up uh, three-tenths of one percent. Uh, our leader on the day. Russell 2000, it's been a little dormant over the last month. Good to see you get going again today, up 1.1%. And uh, NASDAQ, again, strong, 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 of 110 points, up 9 tenths of 1%. Again, semis have been leading since then. They were they didn't lead today. They were still higher on the day by 3 tenths of 1%. Uh, but uh, they've been uh, leading, you know, again, consistently, essentially every day from October on. That is a sign of a market that wants to go higher.
talk about a few things today that are important to us that we've talked about with our clients this morning. Um, again, this is bull market action, opening lower, strength building. These are the trading patterns you look for. When you see this, it makes the bears nervous and the bulls confident. Also, uh, a point that I don't think enough people are talking about, again, investor sentiment. We're seeing it also in other areas. For example, uh, uh, last year, excuse me, 2021, we had 397 IPOs. Pretty big number, right? Last year, just 71. So far this year, just 15. This is a, a very reliable indicator when you have very few IPOs of a market that's bottomed, right? Uh, there, there's just not enough demand for IPOs, right? The animal spirits don't exist. And so uh, that's just, it's a contrary indicator is the point here. When this happens and you have very few IPOs, it's typically a great time to go along the markets. And that also uh, jives with what's happening in the cash area. There is, as of today, about $4 trillion in corporate liquidity cash in the S&P 500 alone. Doesn't include all the other public and private companies. Only S&P 500, $4 trillion in, in cash and liquidity to go along with $5 trillion in liquidity among individual investors, individual pe people, human beings, and money market funds. That's, folks, that's $9 trillion sitting in liquidity and cash. Guess what? That's not the sign of a market top. That is money that's sitting in cash because, number one, it's paying, actually, right? You can get almost 5% in a one-year note, a one-year bill. Uh, when's the last time you can say that, right? So, yeah, uh, bonds are giving, co providing competition to the markets. That's something that's very real. That's fantastic, right? How long have retirees complained, legitimately complained, about not being able to invest conservatively in CDs and money markets and bonds because yields are too low? But this record-level liquidity and lack of interest in IPOs are hallmarks of a market bottom. And so, again, as a contrary investor, we like it a lot. Uh, what else today? I want to spend a minute and talk about Ed Hyman. You know, again, I wrote it up today. Um, bear with me, folks, because, you know, we're not big fans of economists. I'm not. Because, and I talk about this a lot, pretty much every mainstream economist are on the Fed's payroll. Well, the Fed has a thousand economists on their payroll, plus, okay? That's a fact that most people don't know. It's true. I don't know the exact number. It's probably closer to 1,500 today. Now, they don't all work at the Federal Reserve, but the Fed pays these people in any number of ways. Now, why would they do that? I think we know why they do it. They want to control them. It's like every other thing that's happening throughout uh, all of our institutions, right? They want speaking with one voice. They want the control from the top. It's not, it's, it, it's, it, it really is it's a sign of fascism is what it is. It just is. When state and private industry work together, that is the definition of fascism. And we're seeing it throughout our institutions, medical, legal, and now in the world of economists, too. Not good. It's not good at all. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's, it's dangerously bad. But the, the point being, there are some good economists. One of those is Ed Hyman at Evercore. Probably the best on the street for 50 years. Uh, one of our long-term clients, um, thank you, Jeff, turned us on to Ed Hyman 
many years ago, and now we just we wait with bated breath for his latest stuff. Uh, he's just that good. So this morning, here's what he had to say. Inflation expectations have plunged. Uh, he's got a number of different uh, reports he looks at, but the one he focused on today was the New York Fed survey of consumer inflation, which has now plunged uh, down to uh, 2.7% from 4.2% just 16 months ago. In other words, this is one of the best advanced indicators of inflation. It's one of the most accurate ones. So it tells us with high reliability that inflation will be much lower over the next year to two years than it is now. We kind of, we kind of thought that, but, but Hyman says, yeah, this, this, is, this is happening. At the same time, and, and not enough people are talking about this, we're seeing, seeing some very weak readings for small businesses. One of these is the uh, small business trends is NFIB. Uh, it's, a, not, not, it's kind of esoteric. Not a lot of people follow this. Hyman does. The latest check is a reading is, minus, is down to minus 45%. In other words, the flip side, 65% of small businesses expect the economy to get worse over the next six months. This is the lowest reading, folks, on record. Right off, right off the lowest reading on record. Small businesses, that's a problem because small businesses employ roughly 70% of all people across the country. Right? They're, they are the backbone of the economy. So this is something we got to watch. But there's a flip side to that. Because what does that tell you? If the economy is weakening, what does that tell you about where rates are going? What does that tell you about what the Fed's going to do? This backs up what we believe is that after the Fed hikes rates again next month, a quarter of a point, I think that'll be the last rate hike. Some, some, many believe there'll be one more quarter point hike. Bottom line, we're at the very tail end of rate hikes. And then what's going to follow that? Rate cuts. The, uh, the markets believe we'll have a rate cut possibly as soon as the end of this year. And this kind of reading for small businesses would back that up. Hyman also focused this morning, again, another great chart. The most reliable yield curve inversion that there is is the Fed funds and 10-year uh, T-note. It's only had one false signal, period. Every other time in history, going back to 1970, it's inverted. It has correctly predicted a recession. It's, calling, it's, it's predicting that now. Now, does it mean the recession has got to be hard? It doesn't mean it's got to crush the markets. As a matter of fact, Hyman also pointed out this morning that the last time this inverted, we had a two-year bull market where the SP500 rallied 20%. Okay? And that was, again, before the financial crash, okay, in, in 2008. But from 2006, uh, 2007, those two years, the market rallied sharply. I remember that pretty well. The Fed had just hiked rates 17 straight times from 2004 to 2006. That's what caused the financial crisis, in case you've forgotten. No, it's not. It's not uh, uh, too many people got bad mortgages. That, that, that was never the case. Yeah, that did happen. Okay, that did happen. But the Fed's rate hikes crashed the entire system. And of course, the rest happened because it was, it was planned. Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, they, they invented the exact uh, derivatives instruments that brought down the system. They profited from it. They built it, profited from it, sold it to other people, did just the opposite of themselves as they shorted the hell out of it, 
Goldman Sachs, the Vain Private Squid did that. As you well know by now from the big short, the movie in the book, not a single person on Wall Street or in the banking industry went to, not only did they not go to jail, they weren't even charged. Not even charged. And you wonder why um, you know, we, uh, we have um, morality problems in this country and why everybody's getting theirs, right? Why it's the Wild West of everything, okay? Because it's because the fish rots from the head down. We never dealt with uh, 2001, which was 9-11. We never dealt with that. No one ever paid the price for the lies of, uh, uh, of the official story of 9-11 or what happened before it, which is the writing of the uh, Patriot Act written long before, passed by Congress just five weeks after 9-11. We never had, and of course the, the WMDs didn't exist, two wars that followed. No one ever paid the price for this, right? George Bush was thought to be a hero for a long time. Now the left loves him again. Anyway, fish rise from the head down. And that's a problem at some point we're going to have to deal with. Um, so there, there's, there's, there's some things to focus on today. Uh, bottom line is, and as you know, uh, we repeat it pretty often here, uh, we believe that the market bottomed, uh, bear market bottomed, new bull market began on October the 13th of last year. More recently, if you follow us closely, you know that we told you on February the 2nd, just what was that, a couple weeks ago, that based on the VR investing system, the market had reached extreme overbought on steroids. We told you we weren't going to sell and take profits, but we did expect the market to fall. It did. We just paused our purchases, right? Because we believe in a new bull market, we do not want to sell prematurely. We want to let our winners run, right? Uh, because the market, we believe, is going to get significantly higher. And so we didn't sell and take profits, but we did pause our buying. We have now reinitiated our buying beginning yesterday because on our system, while we haven't hit extreme oversold, we don't think we will. We, in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a bull market like this, once you hit extreme overbought, it's common to have a pause, right? We've seen this time and again. That happened. But you don't, and Tyler just confirmed this with me, he reminded me, that the pauses tend to be very short-lived, a few days to a couple weeks. And we don't hit extreme oversold on our momentum oscillators in our, inside our, our system. We just, we just hit oversold. And then it's off to the races again. Again, there's, it's never a guarantee. It never worked exactly the same way. But it's a very reliable indicator. Pretty simple to track, actually. Come and join us. We'll show you how to do it. VRAinsider.com. Again, VRAinsider.com. Okay, uh, what else today? Let's take a look under the hood. Um, the internals. Uh, let me get refresh here. Once again, you know, uh, we finished higher across the board, but we, we only did that in the last few minutes. We check out these internals. NYSE, solidly positive, uh, advanced decline. NASDAQ, two to one positive, advanced decline. Bet better than, two, almost two and a half to one positive. A volume, uh, two to one positive, NYSE. Boom, that, that's very good. Even yesterday, again, Dow down 156, internals positive across the board. Today, volume, uh, two to one positive, NASDAQ. And... And this is pretty remarkable, folks. Uh, new 52 highs to lows. Positive again today. 176 new highs to 71 new lows. But this is what matters. Every day this year, we've had more 52-week highs than 52-week lows. Now, how different is that from last year? I, we, we may have had 10 days the entire year that had more new highs than lows. 
Uh, so this is, again, this is, this is a completely different pattern we're seeing here. And I got to say, I am seeing the crash callers coming out. Every time we have a market downdraft, again, the market you know, rose. We've been up so much this year already, right? You know, 15, 20% NASDAQ already. And then we had a little pause pullback, right? And everything fell about 5 to 7%. Well, here came the crash callers, the perma bears, the fear mongers. Folks, I just, I, I, I write about this. I talk about it because it really does matter because so many people are impacted by this. If you read Zero Hedge or Gateway Pundit, I don't want to pick on any one site, but Drudge Report, there's so many sites. And of course, what they understand and know in publishing, of course, we do, we do as well, is that fear sells. Fear is a great motivator to get people to act, to buy your product in the financial sector. Now, we know that, but we don't use that. Uh, I, I think, personally, that if you're in our business and you use fear to make sales because you're a publisher or you're actually a list builder, which is what these people are, they're not really even investors, folks. Think about the biggest perma bears. I can mention some names, Robert Kiyosaki, all these folks out there that are, uh, have been telling you for, I don't know, two decades the ultimate crash is coming. You know, they, they always sing the same song. And then when the bull market kicks off, they just they go away. And then we have a big pullback, and then here they are again, right? Because they know that's how they sell their product, whatever it is, build their list. Just to just remind everybody, you know, whoever you listen to and use as a, as a, as a source, right? Make sure they're time-tested in bull markets and bad. And, 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 and just maybe, maybe make sure they don't just prey on people's fear. Uh, I, I find that personally disgusting. I have a real problem with it. Um, okay, what else today? Um, sector watch today. Uh, 9 of 11, sector finished higher. Uh, 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 communication services, consumer discretionary, both at 1%. Not, not a lot. Energy down 1.7% uh, to the downside. Big build in oil continues. Uh, in, our sector watch, in our commodity watch today, uh, not a good day for gold. Not a good day for silver. Uh, again, the fear of higher rates. That's what's going on here. It's causing some strength in the dollar. And as rates have popped back up, I don't see this as a problem. I see this as a buying opportunity, right? These charts look fantastic for precious metals and miners. This is when the smart money that keeps cash away, keeps cash on the sidelines, this is when you act to add to positions. This is what we're doing. Matter of fact, we're going to be buying some new positions tomorrow in our parabolic options program in this specific area. Um, gold today, uh, down, down right at a percent at 18.47 an ounce. Silver, also down right at a percent at the 21.63. Copper, down also just over a percent at $4.02 a pound. Uh, crude oil, uh, down, uh, you know, oil rallied back today. Uh, it closed at 78.55, just down a half percent. Um, uh, again, but the energy stocks did worse today. Uh, we still like the group. I'd like to see this build in energy reverse. I believe it will. Nat gas today, so volatile, uh, just hit the lowest levels in 20 years and um, a biggest decline in 20 years at least. And today down another 3.6%. Um, it's bottomed. I will tell you that we're looking at uh, uh, aggressively owning this group. Uh, we have positions here already. And uh, the big thing about Nat gas is, is that, uh, I guess everybody uses this, of course, but it's very technically oriented, trading-wise. It trades technically. It's hard to make sense of it based on fundamental supply and demand. Uh, but 
we think it's a buy here. Uh, I think it's, it's clearly bottom on the charts and uh, and should move higher. Fibonacci charts uh, point to some pretty dramatic moves higher just to fill the gaps, to retrace the losses that have occurred here. Finally, on the day, Bitcoin, wow, up uh, 8.5% today. Up 1895, 24.138 as a one month high. I cannot tell you why that happened. I don't know. Uh, I'm still not sure it's bottomed. We still have yet to add positions here. Uh, but again, it's a risk on indicator, and we do love we do love cryptos. We love Bitcoin, longer term especially. All right, folks, appreciate you listening. Hope you have a great day. Had a great day, an even better night. We'll see you back here again tomorrow after the close.